This episode of Meet Me for Coffee is brought to you by Chatter365 at chatter365.com. This amazing app that you need for your phone. Get in touch with your community. Talk to people who speak different languages because it has an auto translate feature, which means they speak their language. You speak yours. It translates to you in between. There's no running to Google Translate anymore. Download the app right now, wherever you get your apps for your phone. It's my honor today to introduce the Screaming Queen. Screaming Rachel. She's the queen of house music how's it going oh it's great to be here with you george considering what's going on in the world hey we're still right on target absolutely and there's nothing better than music to get you by that's true so tell tell me about how you got the name screaming rachel i mean you're not loud you're not not a loud person so I can be loud, but it's more about like the attitude. I can walk in a room and I'm screaming without saying a word. That's awesome. You, your, your energy screams to people. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know what? House music. I feel that, you know, it was started in Chicago. I know that. Uh, Kanye West loves house music. He, he, he screws around with a lot of those samples and whatever. He actually uh, ended up taking one of your, your beats or samples and using it in one of his songs, uh, to which I found out that he never actually asked you permission until he used it. Right. Exactly. It was really a whole funny story because I was watching the news the morning that I was leaving for LA for my DJ gig at the Ace Hotel because I had a residency downtown LA Ace. Anyway, um, I'm watching TV and Kanye comes on and he's doing this weird song because it's that poopity song, you know, that he actually used our sample in that crazy song he did. Anyway, I kind of caught the tail end of it, so I didn't like really hear really well what was going on in there. But the whole basis of the song was our sample. And it was a sample from a song called Boom Boom, which was really underground, barely known by anyone, including us. So I thought that was pretty cool that he's a crate digger in that respect. But the thing that happened was I get a call. I'm on the way to the airport. And it's like, oh, guess what? There's a star, celebrity. His name begins with a K. And he wants to use one of your songs. And uh, another hint, his wife's. Uh, name, you know, begins with a K, you know, so it's, it's just like this whole thing. And I'm, I'm going, Oh, okay. Okay. And then I figure out it's gotta be Kardashian and all that kind of stuff. And then, so his manager came and, you know, flew out to see me at the ACE. And what, what ended up happening was I said, well, uh, I've got to find out which song of ours you want to use. And he said, well, it's a song named boom, boom. I said, we've got two boom, booms. And he said, oh, that's easy. Go to KanyeWest.com because it was already released. You know how many artists and labels actually steal songs from people? Absolutely. Um, every you know, day. I know a friend. He had this massive song. Mm-hmm. Um, I, will, I will say this now. Like, yeah, it's, you know, it's been on the rats, but he, he wrote one of Taylor Swift's bigger songs. And uh, he ended up going to a, a record label meeting with the intention of getting signed to a label. And they ended up taking his song and flipping it into one of her songs. And, uh, you know, it, it, the world's against the, the, the small artists, right? The, the world's against uh, uh, the big wigs always have the leverage, right? Because, you know, I don't have the money to sue some big corporation, you know? Um, so the artist is always getting taken advantage of. Now, in, the, in this time, 
mm-hmm. I believe like house music and, and all, all every music genre is going to thrive after this because people are dying to get out to a club, dying to go to a concert, dying to go to a, a freaking festival for Christ's sakes, man. And then roll it out, run around the mud and, and, you know, put some ecstasy underneath your tongue or something like that and, and have a good time. That's how we do it. But we can't do that now. You know, we cannot do that. And, and, and that's a privilege and, and a freedom that we, we take for granted sometimes, but uh, Spotify, has stepped up its game in the last uh, few years with the streaming. And how, how's that, how are you adapting to this, something like that? Well, here's, here's the thing is that really with streaming, it, it works out okay for record labels, even smaller labels like myself, because we have a lot of content. It is terrible for artists. It is really terrible. In fact, because it's so terrible for artists, we're thinking about other ways to really help monetize artists. Uh, we've got a couple things cooking that are already happening. There's a new company called Tracklib that we made a deal with. And with Tracklib, um, what they do is they charge more because now people are not really downloading. You know, they're not buying those downloads. They're not even paying that 99 cents. They're paying nothing because they're going to Spotify. They're going to YouTube. And those uh, streaming platforms are paying the artists like less than a tenth a penny. So, you know, it's something like, I forget if it's 200 million. It's a ridiculous amount of streams. I mean, you can look it up. I can't tell you exactly. I mean, if I told you I was, uh, I made a hundred million dollars off streaming from Spotify, you'd probably think that, you know, I have a a quadrillion streams, right? I I wouldn't even believe it because people, I, I, I know that you couldn't. Because people, I mean, huge, huge hits, being that, you know, with the Kanye song, the one that he already had released without my permission. Well, we went back and we backtracked it. You know, we made a deal with him. At the end of the day, you know, we owned 25% of his song. So then you figure, oh, wow, I own 25% of a Kanye West song. I'm going to make millions. Well, even Kanye West, even with hundreds of millions of streams, Yes, we made money, and I'm not going to say it was totally, totally low, but I'm going to tell you it's not anything. It's not in the hundreds of thousands. It's not. And we're thinking Kanye West. And when I spoke to Kanye's manager, uh, you know, he said the thing about Kanye West is it's about his brand. It's about Yeezy. It's, it's that. Today's artists, I mean, especially now that they can't perform, the way they're making money or the way they did make money was performance and branding, of course, licensing makes money. If your songs are in movies, if your songs are, you know, television, anything like that, yes, you, you can make a, a nice amount of money on that. But other than that, streaming, because now CDs are dead, that's really very much killed what artists make. Oh, absolutely. And, and Kanye uh, obviously has the thing where he asked for forgiveness later after doing what he did. Yeah, he just does what he does. He did have to pay. And yes, uh, did. guys like that have money because they're endorsements, they're brands. Yeah. Uh, and that's why they step outside of the music industry and invest in like a clothing line like Drake and um, stuff like that. Right. They invest, they, they start something else and um, like vitamin water or this and that. So um, let, let, let's explain uh, tracks records. You're, you're the CEO, the owner, but uh, how did you, you get to that point? 
Well, basically, I'm still an artist. I started out as an artist. I started out at Trax Records and kind of worked my way, you know, through to the top of it. Uh, the original owner, he was like the, the designated adult, you know, in the beginning of all this. And uh, unfortunately, April 8th, he actually this year had passed away. But even before he did, he pretty much backed away from the business. And what happened was um, I, I basically have been running things for quite some time. And what I did is uh, the tracks classics, which were up until recently something that we shared ownership in. Now he's passed away. So that is changing. But uh, the new company I own the trademark and I continued with all the new artists and the new label. And, and uh, it's not really a new label because it's tracks, but you know what I mean? It's, it's separate from that. It's still part of the legacy. And what I feel about tracks is that what we're thinking about is the future legends of house. You know, we're known for all the legends like the Mr. Fingers, the Frankie Knuckles, the Marshall Jeffersons, the Robert Owens, you know, myself, Screaming Rachel. Uh, you know, we're known for this. However, now we have new legends that are coming out with great new music. And people are responding very well to the new music. And we're excited about everything we're doing. And as I said, we've got other things that we're working on to really help to monetize the artists. But luckily for me, Trax is a brand. And that is a really, you know, that's a great um, statement to be able to make. I have people that have tried to say, I want to buy your trademark. Because when you really think about it, as far as what, what goes on, even with these artists or what goes on with me with Trax, the actual brand is is the most valuable thing these days. It's the brand. It, it's how you stand out, right? The brand, how recognizable you are. And, and, and yeah. Trax is spelled T-R-A-X, right? Trax Records, not Trax, T-R-A-C-K-S, like Trax, music Trax. This is a, it's a house Trax. I don't know how you would you would explain that, but it's not spelled the way you think it is, right? So No, um, it's not. And that's what makes it cool. Because yeah. if spelled the old way it wouldn't even look cool on a logo you know the logo itself is really cool and recognizable and people love it and just the idea that in today's world we don't talk about songs anymore we talk about tracks and, so, and how many artists do you have on your on your uh, your roster well the tracks label has actually thousands of songs and and there are quite a few you know artists on the roster these days we're narrowing it down a bit and we're really trying to go for a more like specialized group of artists however you know we have had because we've been around for a number of years so we have you know many artists that are associated with the label and uh that is kind of the way labels are doing this more and more because no labels, really including the majors, are really doing artist development. No, there's no money for that. And there's no, no there's no, there's no one willing to put the time in anymore. It's not like nope. it used to be. No, nope. you, you have to come to any label, including tracks records, ready to go. Once in a while, what will happen is somebody will come to tracks, and if I really believe they're talented, I won't put up the money to produce them because I don't know if that production is going to work, but I'll help them to get their music produced. And then after it is produced, I can 
decide like, okay, is this going to work for my label? And then if it is, we can, you know, we can move on it. But uh, we don't really produce it ourselves. We do have great people that we work with and I'll go into the studio. I just went in with a uh, young uh, artist called Alex, who's a rapper. He's actually out of New Orleans and produced an album on him. So I put the time in, I kind of helped directed it. I helped him with, you know, writing some hooks and things like that. That's very unusual for me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't finance it, but I did feel that he had an incredible amount of talent and it was worth putting some time in. That's unusual though. Cause like you said, nobody puts the time in. And, and it's about right now it's, it's about, you know, singles and, and uh, sampling and, and that's how it's all going to come around in the circle for house music. I, I the, the, the best days of house music are ahead of, ahead of this time right now. Yes, um, right. The sampling, you go back in a couple of songs, like who the hell's who the, whose voice is that? What is that? Right. Then you look at the track and, and you look at some of the credits. It's like, well, this, I, I, I investigate stuff like this. So I, I'm like, Oh, this guy, you know, he's part of tracks records and he has this many songs. So I'll listen to more of his. And then maybe you had some more of your artists collaborate with him. So now I'm into like three or four other artists. Um, but yeah, the circle is going to start to come full circle. I don't know if that's kind of like a weird way of saying that, but um, but you're right. You're actually very on target. And as, as a matter of fact, when I started telling you about TrackLib, the whole thing about TrackLib is rather than selling downloads, they're selling the ability to the public. Now, if a regular guy buys a loop, you can actually buy loops at TrackLib and you can experiment. Now, if you make something with that loop and you actually want to release it commercially, then, you know, you pay a a, quite a decent sum of money. But if you want to experiment like a guy in his bedroom who wants to like play producer, TrackLib has got great things and they can try and who knows, they may make a hit and that if they do, you know, they have a way of licensing directly through TrackLib. So we feel that this is going to really help monetize the music now that streaming has taken such a big part. So I'm with you 100% that this new idea of sampling and creating new hits out of things that were hits uh, will help to monetize for the artist as well as monetize more for the label as well. And now it's not about mixing on like vinyl and everything's accessible for you, right? So... Um, you're able to get it electronically and, and, and produce records in, in your bedroom, which is absolutely amazing at the quality, the high quality that you get. That's if you know what you're doing, right? Well, yes, but also you've got to consider technology has come so far. Look what's happened with an iPhone camera. Okay, people are shooting movies on iPhones because the cameras are so sophisticated. And the same thing has happened with computers and producing music, where we would, back in the day when we began, go into a studio and possibly pay $350, $400 an hour back then to really be in a sophisticated studio with a SSL console and two-inch tapes and everything. Now, we can do that on a computer. I yeah. mean, 
So it's just it's just what's happened with technology, and, and you're very right. So technology has made it possible for people to actually make these things. Now the thing, and now, is, now that three four hundred dollars an hour can go towards your your marketing or or like your pizza for the night, you know. So like it, it, it all works out in the end. A lot of people don't know how to market themselves properly. Well, that's a big thing today. Is yeah. I think that because people are putting it's something like. 40,000 songs a day on Spotify, something like that. Uh, If you consider the odds, then you have to consider that if you don't have a brand, how do people find you? Well, the way that people can find you if you're not a brand, if you're not tracks, if you're not whatever, if you're not, I don't know, whoever, Kanye or whoever, the brand, then you really have to be adept or hire people who are adept at social media marketing. Cause it's everything. And there's, there's places like Fiverr for that, but you got, you got to pay, right? Dude, it all you, comes down to payola every time. Like, sorry to interrupt you there, but every time I want my song on the radio. Well, this is how much it's going to cost. It could cost $5,000. It could cost a hundred thousand dollars. How serious are you? Right. Um, how, how serious are you? Like, I think a lot of artists these days, to be honest, because I have been in a band, they don't have a plan right? You've got to have a plan on how to succeed. And you guys, everybody's got to be on the same page as well. It's one of the things about uh, today's world. I think a lot of uh, young people are becoming what they call a superstar DJ. And, you know, usually superstar DJs are also producers. And I think the reason why that's working is because it's so hard to be in a band and get everybody to be of one mind, you know, without breaking up, without this guy wants this, this guy wants that. They don't like the fact that the lead singer's up here in front. So this whole idea of the DJ, you know, when you think of the David Guetta, Carl Cox, Steve Aoki, you know, all these people that are doing it now, and that you even see like, you know, little kids, they have their toy DJ mixers because it's, it's gotten down to DJ culture in today's world. But a lot of that I, I think has to do with it's a lot easier to get along with yourself, tour with yourself. You know, it, it's kind of almost taken, put bands in a really difficult place. If you think about it, I, I would have to agree on that. You know, uh, I can do a podcast successfully by myself, but if I were to do it with other, another five or six people, I don't know, or even someone else, I was doing it with somebody else and it wasn't able to work out because things got to be on your schedule, right? You got to do it the way you want to do it. And then it all falls on you. Something about the self onus thing that really kind of turns me on about this whole thing, you know? Um, It's pretty cool. And, and, and if you look at it, especially since the pandemic, I mean, God bless us all. Hopefully this will end soon, but you know, you, you had to see that Jimmy Kimmel, everyone was doing exactly what you're doing now. You know, the way we're doing your show is the way they're doing theirs at the moment. So you strip away all the special lighting, all the studio, all the techs around you that are doing everything, and you're coming down to where we are right now today. And and in a way, that's great. But So the pandemic... It's been a horrible thing, but it's also been an equalizer in some terms. Yeah, it's leveled a lot of playing fields for a lot of people, right? Yeah. Over this pandemic, I'll be honest with you. Um, One day I woke up and, you know, I had five listeners on on a podcast. And then a couple weeks later, I woke up and I had 150,000 people hit me up. So 
And, and it's so weird that how all this happened during the pandemic, I started doing this show in a way to, cause I, I'm able to just still work cause of the broadcasting thing, but mm-hmm. um, just a way to talk to people. Like I'm in the house, my family and I love my family, but they also hate when I just talk over and over again. And, and that, that's just what I like to do. I like coffee and I like talking to people and what better way than just meeting new people every time. Right. So this is what it's all about. And, and you're right. It's level the playing field for a lot of people. You know? It has. And, and the same way that you are talking about what you've done. Um, one thing is that because of the pandemic, one of the first things, because one of my artists, Jason Chaos out of New York, said, well, why don't we be the first record label to just start a virtual online party and do it once a week? So we started doing that. Now that's been building up. And the great thing about it is it's like you said, you enjoy doing what you do. Well, I enjoy DJing and performing. So now I'm doing it virtually. And as as much as I miss an audience, the one cool thing that's happened from doing it virtually is that people from around the world that let's say I couldn't go to Paris and see a certain friend or I couldn't see a friend I had in England or whatever. Now they're able to check in, send me a text, a heads up, something. So in other words, or even like at the end of the night, we do like a Zoom where a lot of us just get together and chat like we're doing now. Have a few drinks and, you know, just... Let loose. Yeah, you know? just it's great because you, you throw a couple of screams in there too, or yeah, why not? <laughs> I can do that. Um, so basically, it's I don't know. There, there are the good parts and the bad parts, and you have to make lemonade out of those lemons. You know, that's a kind of an overused phrase, but this pandemic has certainly taught us, I think, how to appreciate what we're missing, as well as. Uh, how to be, go down back to basics and make something out of it. Absolutely. It's kind of like a, a restart for a lot of people. It is. It really is because people have lost their jobs and I'm not laughing at that, but it really is like a restart. It's like knocking over those bowling pins and well, let's do it again. Um, yeah, completely. So are you, you're from Chicago? I am. You're talking to me. I'm in my living room in Chicago. I've got my little DJ set up behind me. You know, my 303 drum machine thing is there. My mixer for the acid and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what, Chicago, they're famous for house music. They're famous for Kanye West. Like, honestly, Kanye West, I don't care what anybody says about that guy. I freaking dig his records. I'm a rocker, but I, I dig them. Um, you're also popular for your Chicago Bulls and your Chicago deep dish pizza. Yes. I, I've heard, because one day this show is going to go on a bit of a tour, and we're going to try every coffee in ah, the world. Um, what's your favorite coffee? I, I want to ask you a question. Oh, well, that's my next question for you. Um, ah, uh-oh, okay. So, yeah, so my favorite coffee is, uh, well, right now I'm just, uh, well, the reason why I'm drinking a lot of water on the show, uh, not to push anybody away from coffee. I am drinking coffee today. I drank a hell of a ton of it. A lot of French press coffee. Most recently you've had that before, right? Yes. So you yeah. do your own, like with the little press. And yeah. I, I spent 50 bucks on some like aluminum stainless steel thing and I'm using it. And it's the first time I've actually 
wanted to screw around with coffee a bit more. Um, I, I like the Turkish coffee, mostly black coffee, right? Like that's, that's the best part of dark roast coffee and, and trying different things. Um, you know, I'm not a cappuccino kind of guy, but, uh I'm a kind of guy, I'm the kind of guy who will sit down and maybe like if you have a Keurig machine or whatever, I'll sit down, I'll have six, you know, just chilling, yeah. uh, you know, just being a musician and and then podcasting, having a family. Like if you don't drink coffee, like you better go to bed at like two o'clock in the afternoon because you're done. What about you? How do you take your coffee? Well, funny that you said you don't like cappuccino because I like cappuccino. So I like cappuccino, but I like many types of coffee. And, you know, I like to brew it myself. I, I have one of those. What is it called that makes the really strong coffee, the little silver? It's uh, kind of got, uh, I don't know what they call it. But so, anyway. We got we to gotta figure this out. That thick yeah. coffee, the bottom, you know, when you turn, when you, when you, when you, put it on your range and then the water bubbles up through and, and on top you then get the the kind of the stronger brew so that's how it is and it's like uh what would you call it? that's like a turkish coffee type thing. yeah turkish but coffee is good espresso espresso okay that's what it is homemade espresso you know, I, would, I honestly, I honestly, I stopped listening to you for a second. I was watching your body language. I thought you were saying going to say French press, but you couldn't figure it out. So I was like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Espresso is the bomb, you know, espresso. Is the bomb. espresso exactly. You don't want to have too many of those, but it's good for performing no. and, and your creative juices. That's for sure. So I like it. So I like to make espresso sometimes. And I usually like, you know, different flavored beans, like the hazelnut kinds, but I love coffee too. So, you know, you can get with the espresso, the cappuccino, you know, the Keurig, all that kind of thing. I love coffee also. You're listening to Screaming Rachel, the queen of house music, the one and only Meet Me for Coffee show. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. This is fun. It's been a pleasure.